This show includes adult conversations around sometimes sensitive topics. Check the show notes at cxmhpodcast.com for trigger warnings. You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Moore and I'm your host. Today, I get the chance to have a conversation with Brandon Saxton and Dr. Catherine Gordon, who are doing some phenomenal work in psychology, as well as the hosts of the Jedi Council podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, one of the most interesting premises for a show that I've heard of. So I'm really excited to share that with you. Before we get into it, I did want to mention one thing. A few weeks back in the CXMH community group for Patreon supporters, we had a conversation about songs that had been inspiring us or encouraging us or uh, helping us through tough times recently, and that inspired me so much. I thought, hey, I really want to listen to all these, and so I made a Spotify playlist with all of those in there, and then I ended up posting on you know, the Facebook page and on Twitter and through the email updates asking for other songs that people wanted to recommend to be in that playlist. If you are interested in listening to that, you can find it at cxmhpodcast.com slash Spotify. And if you have some suggestions for specific songs to add to that, songs that are really making you feel alive recently or you found comforting or encouraging or inspiring or anything along those lines, feel free to send that over to cxmhpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet it at us. It might take a little longer than normal for me to see. Uh, some of you probably know that I've been taking a 30-day kind of sabbatical from Twitter and Facebook except for that that one Facebook group. So uh, it might take a little longer than normal to see, but feel free to do that. I try to keep it updated. And if you go follow it on Spotify, you'll see the updates kind of as they happen. So go check out that. There's a lot of great music there, some stuff that I hadn't listened to before. It's quite a wide variety, which I think is awesome. I think it really reflects on the variety of people in the CXMH community. So be a part of that. Go listen to it. Send us some song suggestions and enjoy being a part of that. I think that's the only announcement I have this week. Starting probably next week, I hope and assume you will be getting the guest lectures from some of our favorite past guests. Uh, I know I've mentioned those a couple times, but they are fantastic. I've been going through and listening while I add the intros and edit them and things like that. So you're not going to want to miss those. If this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, whatever. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can find that at cxmhpodcast.com slash support. That is all I have. I hope you enjoy this episode. We get into the hobby that these two have of talking about fictional characters and their mental health and kind of using that avenue to help teach people and things like that. So I think you'll find it really, really fascinating. Here is my interview with Brandon Saxton and Dr. Catherine Gordon, also known as Jedi Council. Hey, welcome back. I'm so excited. We are joined today by two guests, and I'll just kind of introduce them one by one. First, we have 
Brandon Saxton. Brandon is a grad student working towards his PhD in clinical psychology, and he researches things like vulnerability, depression, and suicide. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, Robert. I'm super excited to be here and really, really happy to finally connect with you and talk with you on the show. Yeah, yeah. We've interacted some on Twitter, so it's always good to finally put a voice with, uh, you know, voiceless text. Yeah, absolutely. Our other guest today is Dr. Catherine Gordon. Do you go by Katie? I do go by okay. Katie, but want to make either sure. one's fine. I'll respond to either. Okay, well, uh, Dr. Catherine Katie Gordon, who is an associate professor who has a PhD in clinical psychology, and she researches things like eating disorders and suicide prevention, things along those lines. How are you today, Dr. Gordon or Katie or Catherine, whatever you want to be called? <laughs> Katie is fine. I'm doing great, and I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast, so it's really exciting to actually be on your podcast. Well, thank you. I'm uh, a big fan of your podcast as well, which is kind of the the next thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But before we get there, I was wondering if either or both of you would tell us kind of just how you got into the mental health field. I mean, why you're interested in your particular areas that you research or, I mean, what what led you guys to what you're doing now? Yeah, that sounds good. I'll start if you don't mind. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So I started, uh, or I moved towards mental health. I've been interested in psychology and mental health ever since, you know, high school time when I took my first psychology class. And then when I started school at NDSU as an undergraduate, I actually registered as pre-med and I was planning to go to medical school and, and become a medical doctor. But really early on, taking a few more psychology classes as an undergraduate, I just realized really quickly how much more interested I was in behavior than I was in biology and medicine. So I think it was my second semester at NDSU, I transferred to our changed my major to psychology. I got involved in research uh, as an undergraduate here in a lab at NDSU and really took a shine to that. And that's kind of how I got started in, in doing research. I started off doing things related to how emotions influence cognition, particularly attention. And then as we kind of moved through uh, graduate school, all me and all of my lab mates kind of developed our own research areas. So I moved into getting interested in depression and then also trying to understand uh, some things related to specific factors that predict desire for suicide and what might make people likely to experience those factors or not. And so that's kind of the really quick uh, summary of how I got to be where I am now. Yeah. And for me, my father is a marriage and family therapist. So growing up, I think I, my father and I share a lot of uh, personality characteristics. Both of us like to interact with people, think about how, what makes other people think certain ways or believe certain ways and also kind of connecting with people and trying to help them with their problems. So from an early age, maybe in high school, I was interested in, in mental health and in psychology. And then once I was an undergraduate student, I did an honors thesis with Dr. Thomas Joyner, who um, is in the field of, of suicide prevention. Yeah. And I initially was interested in working with him on some of his depression and eating disorder research. My thesis ended up being about eating disorder stuff. But um, having worked with him, that influenced my interest, and I saw that there was a big need for more research in the area of suicidal behavior. And so I was really fortunate enough to get my PhD under his mentorship as well. And so I've just continued to work on those two types of domains of mental health since then. And I ended up, I originally 
planned on being full-time therapist entering graduate school, but found that I really enjoyed the research and teaching and training aspects of it as well. So that's how I ended up going in the direction of becoming a professor. Yeah, long-time listeners of the show would potentially recognize Dr. Joyner's name. We've talked about him. We did an episode on suicide prevention where he was brought up, and then I did kind of a bonus episode on suicide prevention resources. Um, I'm a big fan of, of his work and his books and things like that. So hopefully some people kind of recognized that name. Maybe not. Maybe they don't listen to the episodes that I do solo, but that's all right. <laughs> no, he's he's a big inspiration and I think makes a compelling case for the need for work in this area. So it was exciting to be in his lab at a time where he was developing his interpersonal theory of suicide. Yeah. So let me ask you both, because you've both mentioned kind of working in research a lot, and I don't, we've had a couple researchers on, but we haven't really ever dived into that aspect of it. What is it, I mean, for people who are listening who either are just in the mental health field, maybe therapists, or people who are just wanting to learn more about mental health, maybe they work in ministry or something like that. I mean, what's the benefit of research for kind of our, our day-to-day lives, our day-to-day work? Um, I think... It, for me, and, and the answer probably varies a lot based on who's asking it, but for me, a lot of the clinical decisions, or really all of the clinical decisions that I make, are going to be informed by the research. So that's just kind of the training that I've had, is uh, depending on the specific problem that the person is experiencing, or the specific diagnosis, which specific treatment has the most empirical support uh, to shown to help uh, people who are suffering from that specific disorder. So that's really the way that it comes into play for me and uh, how I mostly try to or will try to apply research to kind of my daily uh, clinical work going forward after graduate school. Um, that's kind yeah. of the biggest one for me. Yeah. And for, for me, I'd say that in learning more about psychology and, and mental health services, I just saw the great need for improving the types of therapy we have. We have some great therapies available for certain types of mental health conditions, and uh, people can do very well with those. We have, For example, in anxiety, we have a lot of great treatments for those. Not that they help everyone, which is really the goal, but that they help a lot of people. Yeah. But there are some other areas that we don't understand as well. And I think that science is very appealing for to me as an approach towards better understanding and enhancing those things because we all are affected by biases that might not lead us in the right direction. And there are historical examples of people doing things that I think they, they meant well but didn't seem helpful. And so that's really what appeals to me about scientific research as a guide in some of this clinical work and application. Yeah. So the reason that you're both on together is that you host a podcast together, actually, called Jedi Council. Council spelled with S-E-L as in counseling, right? Yep. The, the yep. subtitle of that is Exploring Mental Health in Your Favorite Fictional Characters, which I think is one of the more clever and, and interesting podcast ideas that I've seen pop up. What, what led you guys to do that? I mean, that seems like an odd pairing. What, what, what led you guys to that? Uh, well, it actually all stemmed back to 
kind of Facebook Messenger conversations, actually. And we were just getting so excited for the kind of this re-revival of the Star Wars movies that we got thinking a lot about those characters, and particularly Darth Vader. And through kind of having discussions, because we have saw people, you know, speculate about fictional characters and what disorder might this person have. And uh, it, it, that was always interesting. And that's kind of what led to that conversation for us. So we've got Darth Vader. What kind of what kind of mental health problems might he have? And we had these conversations and we thought that were fairly interesting. And then we kind of came to this realization that maybe other people think it's kind of interesting, too. And maybe this would be a way to uh, get some of this accurate mental health information out there. So what we started doing is writing blog posts that were written up kind of like a psychological evaluation. It started with Darth Vader kind of going through some of his family history, uh, the presenting problem, who might have been referring him uh, for treatment, uh, what were the symptoms that he's experiencing, and what, uh, you know, that constellation of symptoms, what disorder does that best fit, and what's the most empirically supported uh, treatment for that sort of disorder. And for us, like I said, it was just a way to get kind of highlight how that process might work while getting some of that accurate information out there uh, through a way or a, a means or a vehicle that might have been more interesting for people. And then that just turned into a podcast because we're both big fans of podcasts. So we thought, why don't we just try it? And it started off pretty rudimentary for us like recording it with the Windows sound or voice recorder and just putting it on YouTube. We've gotten a little better since then. Uh, not a lot better, but a little better. So, And the show really follows the same. It's not quite as structured as the psychological evaluations, but it follows the same sort of spirit in that we are talking about specific characters and what can we learn from those characters and uh, trying to just pull in some of the research and some accurate mental health information. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you mentioned it there, but kind of distributing a lot of information about specific things that uh, may seem dry at first to the common person, not common mm -hmm. person in a bad way, but just, you know, someone who doesn't work in the mental health field, but doing it in a way that would be engaging and entertaining. And that's one of the things I think is is most interesting. Is there a a specific type of fictional character that you typically stick to or I mean I know you both have your favorite fictional characters obviously but is there anyone that's kind of off limits or I mean how do you decide who you talk about it, great question and and also thanks for the kind words we have a lot of fun doing this so I'm it's always nice to hear that people other people find interesting yeah. too um inter we tend to I think mostly go with things that are sci-fi or comic book characters because of our interests, but we've definitely gone outside of those boundaries. If there's something that comes up that's really a lot of people are seeing, like 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, for example, mm. even though that's outside of the kind of geeky, nerdy genre range, a lot of people were seeing it and talking about it, and so we thought it was important to talk about that stuff too. And then there's other kind of like Big Lebowski, just because he's an interesting and fun character and, and right. stuff like that. So we, I think we started out maybe a little more constrained, but now it's like anyone who we find interesting mm -hmm. is, and we think other people might find interesting, is useful. In terms of people that are off-limits, I mean, we really, the fictional thing is important to us. We don't really talk about anyone who's not fictional um, because... You know, there are concerns about if you're talking about real people, basically it can affect them more than it's not right. going to affect a fictional character. And right. we want to be mindful of those effects. In addition, with 
fictional characters, we all have access to the same kind of information that we might use in our formulation. If we're talking about real people, there are going to be a lot of things that we just don't know, and that information is out there. With fictional characters, it can be really clear, like, we're just speculating on why we think they went to this. Whereas if it's a real person, then I just feel uncomfortable trying to speculate about their life. And so yeah. um, the, so we thought this might be a, another thing is that fictional characters, a lot of people share favorite types of characters, and so it might be a way to connect more with with audiences if we pick things that people that aren't totally obscure. So right. I guess that's another criteria. <laughs> right. Can you give us an example of a character that you did and kind of what you ended up talking about, what influenced those decisions, things like that, for listeners who've never heard of your show or never listened to it? I mean, what's a, a good example of kind of how this works? Um, I think a couple of the examples that really st stand out as be ones that were popular and I think really informative. Um, so I think the 13 Reasons Why series, although it wasn't the most easy one for us to talk about, because we try to focus on characters that are a little bit more lighthearted, and that show, uh, it wasn't easy to watch, just sort of emotionally, right. and some of the topics, of course, are a lot harder to, to uh, talk about, but I would think that, that, that I, I can't remember, Katie, did we do three or four episodes on that? I, I think it ended up being three episodes. Okay. So I, I would say that that's one that is a good example where we, we really tried to uh, connect to a lot of themes that were in the show, and we tried to pull in specific characters and the things that they were either experiencing or the behaviors that they were engaging in and talk about uh, really throughout the show what was accurate, what was maybe a little bit inaccurate, or what could have been done better. And I think that that was an important one uh, for us to go through, even though it wasn't an easier or, in my opinion, even fun show to talk about. Um, another one that comes to mind for me, at least, that I think was a little bit more lighthearted, but also maybe equally as interesting, was, and this was one we got a lot of recommendations for, is we talked about an episode of Rick and Morty from season three, where Rick uh, is involved in a family therapy session. And that was right. another one, too, where we, we yeah, we could talk about uh, the characters and, and some of the behaviors that they were experiencing, and the depiction of therapy, and what was accurate, maybe, about that, and maybe what was a little bit more far-fetched which is a, is like a lot rick of being a pickle for example yeah, would be right right classic right. pickle rick <laughs> yeah absolutely so so i think those two uh examples really both highlight well um what we try to do which is identifying either specific intentions to depict mental health or therapy or characters who might be depicting mental health and highlighting what's what's accurate what maybe isn't and and really just trying to get that information out there. And what's also interesting, I think, about those two examples is uh, they really vary in kind of the, I don't know if intensity is the right word, but certainly in just how powerful or difficult the topics were to talk about. Yeah. Are there favorite episodes that, I mean, you mentioned there, some of, you know, 13 Reasons Why maybe not even being a fun episode, but you felt like it was an important one to tackle because so many people were talking about it, you know, it, in a similar vein, I ended up watching that whole series. I really didn't want to. I had really no interest in it, but I got mm. so many questions based on what I do and things that I felt like I, I needed to. And I wouldn't say that I had, you know, a blast doing it either, but are there, are there episodes that were maybe more fun or are some of your favorite episodes? Yeah, I think one of the episodes that I, well, Brandon and I, I think, both like mixing things up in terms of 
things that are just kind of pure fun for us, like talking about Star Wars. So, for example, Anakin Skywalker, later Darth Vader, isn't specifically depicted as having a disorder, right? So there are some examples like that that Brenna mentioned or in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where the character is given borderline personality disorder as a diagnosis. And there are other characters like Batman or Darth Vader or Buffy the Vampire Slayer that they exhibit symptoms that we think look like a like a mental disorder but aren't aren't named that way. And those are interesting because to me it's kind of like a puzzle where you're trying to piece together what influences based on the fiction brought them to where they were, what parts felt real or not. And so I enjoy those types of episodes, but we try to balance it with other episodes that where we kind of push ourselves. So for example, we did a two-part series on the movie Get Out. And the first one really focused on the hypnosis that was depicted in it um, and basically smoking cessation treatments and, and their evidentiary basis. But the second episode went more into some of the bigger themes of the movie, which had to do with how does racism affect mental health generally or how might it affect mental health and mm -hmm. then when you're doing therapy how might you as a therapist be more effective in, in delivering your services by paying attention to those influences in your conceptualization and so I like those episodes as well because I feel like it it forces me to brush up and dig deeper on topics that I'm not as clear about and makes I think it makes me more knowledgeable for those kinds of things but yeah so what did you land on with Anakin Skywalker? I mean, you said that, and off the top of my head, I can think of maybe some attachment problems. or I mean, what, what did you guys land on there? Uh, I think we ended up landing on a narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Am I remembering that mm -hmm. right, Katie? That was our first one that we ever did, so you're testing the limits of my uh, memory a little bit Going there. Going into the deep catalogs here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a deep dive there. So that was kind of what we fell on for Darth Vader. In in fact, our bef even predating the podcast, our very first blog post of all time. And I think probably one of the longest ones that we've written too, just because we were so excited and had all these ideas and didn't realize like maybe a little bit shorter is a little bit better of making it consumable for people. But yeah, that's one of our, one of our oldest ones where we, we conceptualized him. And I think a, a big reason, maybe if I'm remembering Katie, you can maybe correct me if I'm misremembering this, which is likely impossible People were saying that Darth Vader had an antisocial personality disorder somewhere. I don't know if it was someone who was talking to me or if I had found this online. So that was uh, kind of part of it, too, is let's clarify. And this kind of came up in a talk that we gave, too, actually, a, a local Fargo Nerd Night talk, clarifying what do these disorders really look like and breaking down the diagnostic criteria. And there was actually in a journal a case made that he had borderline personality disorder as well. And um, mm. that was, which which I thought was interesting that it, it was in, let's see, um, there were a couple different journal articles, I can't remember off the top of my head, that were arguing that. And so that, that was interesting. I think that certainly his, you know, and we should say the diagnosis ended up being descriptive of him as Darth Vader, not when he yes. was younger. If we were, if the conceptualization was taking place when he was younger, certainly attachment issues. So the way that mm -hmm. we talked about it is basically he experienced a lot of stressors and trauma and other things like that. And we think that those combined with some of his, what we would guess are kind of inherent 
uh, personality traits led to the combination of narcissistic personality disorder. But let's say if he presented in Phantom Menace at episode one, I certainly wouldn't be like, oh, he has narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, part of the sad thing is seeing how he basically falls to darkness, and that's part of the interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of span all over the place. I'm just scrolling through here. You've got Guardians in the Galaxy, where you talk about family connections. You've got Batman versus Superman. You talk about bereavement. Obviously, you got you know Monk with OCD and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So it's, it really is a fascinating concept of pairing fictional characters with real-life information. Do you find it easier to talk about? Because sometimes I think we talk about how the, the media talks about mental illness in news reports and more, you know, reality-based things, you know, I'm thinking of talking of the way it's described in, uh, you know, in connection with violence or shootings or, you know, something like that. Do you find it easier to talk about kind of the fictional side, obviously for the intrigue of it and because you both like that type of thing, but I don't know, why go that route instead of you could say, hey, we heard this on the news, we want to, you know, push back against that directly? Yeah, that's a great point. For me, I I feel like this song, this comes from my experiences in doing clinical work in graduate school with individuals who had suffered severe trauma or other types of things. And sometimes what I would find is that we could talk about serious issues from the place of watching a movie together or like Goodwill Hunting or actually Star Wars or something like that or reading a book and that it allowed a little bit of a distance where you could still focus on important topics, but I don't know, it feels like a little less vulnerable to engage with the material. And so okay. I, I really love news podcasts. I know mm-hmm. Brandon does too, that, that just go straight and directly into those types of things. But for me, I guess from teaching and clinical work, to me there's something about, for the individual who 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 is interested in, learning, thinking more about, say, I don't know, their favorite TV show, you know, they, they're interested in, I don't know, Modern Family or something, and you're going to throw in some information about psychology and mental health in there, that that might attract a different audience. And when we looked around, there were other people doing this too. Dr. Josue Cordona from Geek Therapy has talked about doing some of this. Dr. Ali Matu, Dr. Andrea Lenamendi. So what, what we actually found is that there are some people taking the same approach. And I, I think the more news-focused shows or just fact-based shows, those are important too and draw a different audience. But this meshed well with the idea of maybe trying to bring in people who otherwise might be reluctant to listen to these topics. Yeah. I think uh, some of those names you just mentioned there, you guys were featured in or talked about in a an article in Counseling Today a little while back, I think, about using science fiction and just fiction in general in the actual act of counseling, right? I mean, is that a useful thing? You mentioned it there, kind of using it as a way to talk about emotions and things, but in a way that's a little less vulnerable. But is that is that effective for, for a lot of people? You know, I, I would... I don't have, of course, any evidence or, or, or research supporting that, but just anecdotally, I truly, I think it can be an effective way to connect with people. And and what I'm thinking of specifically is a couple of the local kind of Fargo-Moorhead uh, comic cons that Katie and I have attended, where we've actually given some of these talks and, and held um, a panel, really consisting of just the two of us, though. And what's really been interesting, <laughs> what's really been interesting, Very small panel. yeah, what's been really interesting to me about these is oftentimes we prepare, you know, enough slides to have enough content for an hour. 
But a few times we haven't even gotten into it because people have been so interested in talking about some of the struggles that they have and how they might parallel specific characters that they admire or that they appreciate. And so that's been really interesting for me just to see the way that people can kind of almost in a way feel better knowing that, you know what, I've got this problem that I'm struggling with. But even these superheroes are struggling too, even if it is a fictional example. Right. I really, I've seen people derive meaning from that. So I think it can be a way to not only start a dialogue, maybe get people informed about some of the treatments that might be best for the problems that they have, and in some ways almost normalize the experience that they're having, even though it's analogous or parallel to a fictional story or character. Yeah, and, and building on what Brandon said, I also think of it as, in clinical work, um, rapport building because mm -hmm. the I've had interacted with clients before, and especially I noticed if it was someone who didn't want to be in therapy, sometimes just taking a step back and hearing what they're interested in. If we like the same kind of music, or there's a movie we can connect with, I think it's a way of establishing that relationship where then you have the relationship foundation that you can build on by then doing the interventions. And so I think it's helpful and, and can be helpful in those aspects too. I think the way that Brian and I both think about it, because we've talked about this before, is mostly as a way to build rapport and open doors or to effectively communicate abstract ideas in more concrete ways. But for us anyway, our approach is that this is all in the service of getting to the more evidence-based treatments, and this is just a way to be more effective because sometimes if someone comes in and they're reluctant and they're not sure if you just roll right into like, we're going to do exposure for the phobia you have or for obsessive compulsive disorder, that's that's a lot. That's going from, right. you know, for some people are ready for that, but a lot of people are ambivalent and they don't know if they should trust what you're saying and all this stuff. And so I see this as a way to, as one strategy potentially to facilitate better outcomes possibly. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago uh, an episode of Rick and Morty that you talked about, and I know you did a couple episodes on Rick and Morty. That led to kind of a bigger project specifically focusing on Rick and Morty, right? Yep. Yep. We, we started – it's it's really kind of been a side project to still to having the focus on Jedi Council, but – uh, some people were kind enough and, and liked those episodes enough that they were willing to help fund a second podcast that we came up or, or had the name suggested rather, uh, the Rick Essential podcast, where really what we're doing is just going through uh, and taking two episodes at a time and really breaking them down and talking about any relevant psychological themes uh, that might be present in those episodes. And really, sometimes it's a stretch, so we're looking forward to when it gets closer to the psychology stuff. But the cool thing about that was that another podcast su suggested, who we haven't met in person, suggested mm -hmm. the title, and someone else who we haven't met in person but have interacted with thanks to our podcast um, drew the thumbnail and did the art for us. So it does feel like it kind of was born out a bit of the podcast-led interactions, which was mm -hmm. really exciting for us. Yeah. Are there any episodes coming up that you're really excited about? I mean, I know that you guys uh, do reaction episodes to, uh, you know, movies. I know there was a Black Panther reaction episode, Justice League, you know. Are there any any things coming up, new movies or anything that you think, man, I can't wait until we get to talk about that one? 
Uh, yeah, we've actually got a couple. So a while back we did a string of guest episodes, and we're actually kind of coming up on another short string of guest episodes. And I really like those because, of course, I always really like just our normal formula of me and Katie talking about something that we're interested in and tying in the mental health. But I love having guests on the show when possible because they always bring such, uh, you know, really incredible outside information or perspectives that we don't have. So we're having you as a guest episode on Looking ours. forward to that. Really looking yeah. forward to that. Uh, we're having the folks from the Naming It podcast. They're two clinical psychologists. They're going to come on to our show. I think they might be counseling. Not trying to correct. Oh it, no! Just, thank just you. <laughs> they're two psychologists. Yes. Uh, they're going to be. They have a show called Naming It. I think I just mentioned that. Uh, they're going to come on to our show to really dig into Black Panther in a lot more depth. Um, and maybe some other topics. We haven't totally uh, got that figured out yet. And then we're having another episode with uh, a researcher here at NDSU named Dr. Ben Ballas, who does um, vision research and facial recognition stuff. And we're going to be talking about some uh, fictional representations of vision, kind of like maybe with the Predator. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about um, Blade Runner and just some of the themes in the movie and then the book, of course, as well. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to those. Um, in terms of movies, there's not anything on my radar. <laughs> Jessica Jones Season 2, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't have any movies on my radar right now, but, I'm, but I really like those guest episodes a lot. Have there been shows or movies that you thought maybe were kind of scary accurate? Because most of the time, the assumption is that they're not being written with a particular diagnosis in mind. I mean, sometimes maybe they are, but, you know, I think about the episode you did about Logan when that movie came out and how much it related to the the interpersonal theory of suicide that we were talking about with, with Dr. Joyner's work. And, I mean, it was it was pretty accurate. So is that more common or usually, I mean, you mentioned there, sometimes it's a stretch, but, I mean, are there are there movies or TV shows that seem like, hey, maybe they got somebody who knows, you know, maybe they did this on purpose. Yeah, I think, I mean, Logan is a great example. I thought that, you know, even in the context of a fictional world where he's the Wolverine, they still, I think, tapped into authentic experiences of feeling like a burden, of feeling disconnected from people, of being fearless about death. The other example that comes to mind is Jessica Jones from season one. They they clearly worked with people to get post-traumatic stress disorder correct. I mean, she's got the flashbacks and a lot of other experiences, even as they show her alcohol dependence, they tied in with kind of her coping and, and avoidance. And so it shows how those things are connected. And so I, I thought that that was a great example. And it's it seems to me, at least as a casual observer, that it's more common. Because what I find more frustrating, I'm sure as most, most people in mental health do, is when they just kind of depict something and it's clear they didn't really consult on it or try to get right. it accurate. <laughs> and that's much more frustrating. So, any, any examples of that where maybe they tried, they said, hey, this person has a diagnosis, but really they just you know, went with whatever they happened to think about it instead of it being even close to realistic? Well, we had a, a couple episodes about a split, oh, the yeah. movie, mm. about dissociative identity disorder, and it's always tricky because we want to recognize, like, these are science fiction films, but nonetheless, like, the reason we still view it as important is that a lot more people are going to see split than are going to watch, like, 
a lecture from an accurate psychologist <laughs> talking about dissociative right. identity disorder. And so some of the things clearly are science fiction, but it, it in those cases, it's interesting because it kind of shows on one hand, they got some things correct, but the big thing, like you had mentioned earlier, is that they connect mental illness to violence a lot. And I think that there's something that's appealing to an audience about, oh, that's what's leading them to do these horrible things. But then it increases stigma for people who have mental health problems, as you know. And so that concerns me. And 13 Reasons Why, as we talked about in length, we were also concerned about the depictions of suicidal behavior and that where right. uh, I didn't, I felt like there, they, there were some stereotypes about kind of uh, revenge as a right. major motive for suicide and stuff like that, and and that they did consult with some people apparently. So it's it's not like that's always a surefire thing, but it, I think there's just a conflict that's hard to resolve, which is telling a story and getting out accurate mental health information and finding the right balance between those things. I certainly lean more towards having good mental health information and right. I think you can tell a good story with that but other people might not as be as, as interested and that show was very very popular as you know so yeah. I mean it's I think it's a tough balance is there other projects that you guys have coming up or I, I think Katie mentioned there that Brandon you have some other podcasts I mean any other things that we should be on the lookout for from y'all um, not really. I think uh, that's that's kind of the the big one. We've really tried to keep the focus on Jedi Council uh, in in thinking about um, you know the Rick Central podcast is good too. We've mostly only had time to do that every other week, uh, or maybe even a little less frequently, depending on illness and other things. But really, I think just uh, our our main thing to keep an eye on is just the the normal Jedi Council podcast episodes. Uh, and the the blog posts, we try to do those about once a month. We don't always get around to it, but we're pretty consistent with the podcast episodes every week. Yeah, we get a lot of ideas, but as I'm sure you're very familiar with the constraints of you know day to day responsibilities, sometimes right, right. keep it. So yeah. even just keeping up the podcast, that's been our major priority. I think in a world of infinite time and professional mm -hmm. podcasting, we might have some other projects on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> Uh, any chance, I mean, you mentioned it there, so I feel bad even asking, but any chance we're getting the BoJack Horseman episode that I asked? <laughs> <laughs> I, so you are among a wide sea of people who has written and, and told us to cover BoJack Horseman. And so you've heard it here first. This is my <laughs> vow that someday we are going to finally cover BoJack Horseman because, uh, the people just absolutely love that show. And the articles that I've seen about it are that it is, very intentional and thoughtful in the way that it's depicting specific mental health concerns. So we've got to get over to it eventually. Absolutely. And we'll have to have you on as a guest at the time. Yes. So yeah. we'll, we'll happily come we'll, back. No, that that would be fantastic because what I found is that when we actually schedule something, it forces me to like. For example, I still haven't read the Blade Runner book, and we're mm. going to record that episode on Wednesday, so I'm definitely going <laughs> to get that done. <laughs> so perhaps if we just lock down a date, I think we can commit to it and and get to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you want to connect with them, you can find Jedi Council at Jedi-Council.com. That's C-O-U-N-S-E-L, as in counseling, or on Twitter, at Jedi underscore counsel, or search Jedi Council on Facebook. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect with Brandon, you can find him 
at brandonsaxton.yolasite.com or on Twitter at Brandon underscore Saxton. You can find Katie at kgordonlab.wordpress.com or on Twitter at Dr. Catherine Gordon. Man, that's a lot of connecting. Uh, <laughs> that's Normally there's just you know one or two. If no, you wanna, we're really out there. <laughs> if you want to connect with me, you can find me at robert-vore.com or on social media at robertvore. Uh, any, any closing words for our listeners today from either or both of you? Um, I would say that the, I have a, a couple of closing words. Um, so when we started this project, it was really just a, kind of a fun, goofy, geeky side project uh, that we both really enjoyed these characters, and it was a way for us to talk and write about them in, uh, and do some talking and writing outside of the normal academic stuff. But what's been really, really cool for me as part of the Jedi Council project is that I've gotten to meet and interact with so many interesting um, and, and really incredible people all over the world, yourself included. So I would say if you've got one of these ideas, if there's something that you're passionate about or that you'd like to kind of nerd out over, um, you know, try t- try content creation. Uh, it's It can be overwhelming and, and kind of intimidating, but I think the payoff is really there, and there are some really cool communities and really cool people that you can get to know along the way. Yeah. Anything, any closing words from you, Katie? I, I just, I want to thank you for having us on. It's It's really been fun, and yeah, I think that there is a lot of inaccurate information out there, and we also, as a field in mental health, need to keep working to help more people get access to quality information and services. So any mental health professional working to do that, I admire that and hope we can keep working together to improve the status of mental health for everyone. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate having you guys on. I love the show, so keep up the the good work. It is a lot of fun and very informative, which is always a good combination. So uh, I appreciate you guys, and thank you for, for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Thanks for listening to the CXMH Podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH Podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMHpodcast at gmail.com. A final note. If you're in a dark place today, struggling with suicidal thoughts, you are not alone. Professional help is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255.